great blessings today. His goodness and mercies follow you every day. Yes, every day of your life. Because the Bible says God loads his benefits on us daily. So on the authority of the scriptures, I pronounce blessings upon you. And by virtue of my calling from God as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, gospel is good news, the good news of Jesus, I stand to bless you. May the Lord who said, when the ministers bless, he will bless you. May he bless you indeed. You and your house, in the name of Jesus, bless you in the name of the Father. Bless you in the name of the Son. Bless you in the name of the Holy Spirit. I declare you blessed in spirit, soul, and body. The very God of shalom, peace, sanctify you completely, entirely. Your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved preserved from hurt, from harm, from sickness, from disease, not only COVID and flu and whatever else, but any sickness and disease from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, I pronounce you blessed. I declare that as God blesses from the top down, the devil will never be able to reverse your blessings by attacking you from your feet up. But the Lord will shower you with blessings from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Overwhelming blessings that nothing that diminish, diminishes will be able to overtake you and overcome you. Nothing of a curse will be able to overcome the blessing for the light of Jesus shines ever so brightly and the darkness cannot overcome it. You are blessed, you and all yours. By the faith of God, I call it done in Jesus' matchless name. And God's people who believe and agree said, Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Woo! Yes, yes, yeah, we can clap our hands. Yes, even at home. <laughs> the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Let the children in the house shout. Same way you celebrate Christmas. Come on, celebrate Jesus. We have Christmas because of Jesus. Amen. Just as you get excited receiving a gift, I'm telling you, the greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ himself. So give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah! Bless the Lord! Bless the Lord! Someone shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, parents, even at home, tell your young children, tell them to say thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah thank you jesus bless the lord thank you jesus and those of us in the sanctuary let's thank the lord and everybody online with us our online church thank god for salvation through jesus thank god for peace through jesus thank god for joy through jesus give the lord praise everybody hallelujah 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 bless the name of the lord praise god praise god Praise God. Well, I thank God for the joy that is here. I'm sure those of you who are with us online, uh, you also rejoice and we thank God for every one of you. Amen. It's great to be alive. Great to know Jesus. Give God praise one more time. Hallelujah. Woo, praise the Lord.
Amen. You may be seated. I'm sure by his grace I can get rid of the tears of joy. Amen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Woo. Praise the Lord. Yes, I heard good morning. Well, we are in Clinton, Maryland, just outside Washington, D.C., the nation's capital in the United States, I mean. And so it's morning here. Uh, those of you in Australia, you're already, uh, <laughs> what, 12 hours ahead of us. So your Christmas is uh, almost over. Uh, about to enter another day. Uh, those of you joining with us from Ghana uh, in West Africa, God bless you. Our friends in Paris, friends, God bless you. Belgium, God bless you. Every one of you, and of course, our church members who are, uh, I don't know, maybe you're having breakfast, Christmas breakfast, whatever you're having at home in the Washington, D.C. area, or if you're on travel, uh, we thank God for you and your families. I want to thank you who braced the cold to come out today <laughs> to church. God bless every one of our members and those who are visiting. God bless you. Uh, we acknowledge you. Welcome. Yes. Let's thank God for everyone here, for our guests and every one of you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. This is World Missions Ministries, and I, I am the chief servant here. Servant of the Lord, your brother in Christ. Amen. People call me pastor, so I'll introduce myself as pastor. Pastor Anthony Turkson. My pleasure to share with you, God's people, God's word. Welcome to a time of study uh, in the word of God. Today being actually Christmas Day uh, here in the United States at this time. Uh, and most places around the world, I will have a Christmas message for you. So let's dine together now on God's word. In his word, there's light and there's life. It is a place where the darkness of Satan's power is over. Amen. And the true light of Jesus shines ever so brightly, shines with salvation with healing, even healing of our physical bodies, healing of our emotions, our minds. God is interested in your mental health, your well-being, your emotional well-being. Uh, and so he says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that he is the very God of shalom, peace, who will set apart or separate, sanctify your whole spirit and soul and body. That's talking about the whole being, the whole person. Uh, in other words, a person is three in one. A person is a spirit that lives in a body and has a soul. God is interested in your soul just as much as he is your spirit and your body. And he will set your whole being apart for himself not for sickness, not for pain, not for confusion, but for God's use. Because your body is a temple 
for God. Why is our body a temple for God? The spirit of the Lord lives inside our spirit. That is when we give our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. When you believe that Jesus is God's son and that God sent him to die on the cross for our sins. If you believe this sincerely, and according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, you confess it or say it with your mouth, you shall be saved. Amen. When you do that, light and life, eternal life comes into you. Eternal life does not happen after you die. Eternal life happens the moment you receive Jesus Christ. This is actually recorded in 1 John 5, verses 11 through 13, 1 John 5, the epistle, not the gospel, but 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And there it is written that we must know, we must know this, be assured of this, that we have eternal life right now if we have believed in Jesus Christ. So you don't get, I'm explaining this because maybe you're like me. When I was a, ch a child, when I was much, much younger, uh, a boy, I used to think that uh, I would get eternal life after I die. And I used to think of it in terms of everlasting life. And of course, I knew that everlasting is after, the, after I leave the earth. So I, I understood everlasting life to mean after I die, then I'll get eternal life. And I found out from 1 John 5, when you read again verses 11 through 13, you find that it actually says we do have eternal life now. In fact, I'm going to turn to it and read it. I didn't plan on it, but somebody needs it. So I'll go with the prompting of the Lord and I'll read this. 1 John 5, 11 through 13. After all, this is the reason why Christ came, that we may be saved, we may have eternal life. So let's read it. 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. This life is not in going to church, it's not in reading the Bible, it's not in fasting, it's not doing good things, which are all good but they don't give you eternal life. Eternal life comes from receiving Jesus Christ, period. Going to church is good. Reading the Bible is good. Praying is good. Fasting is good. Meditating is good. Being kind is good. All those wonderful things. However, not, no good work, even good things, wouldn't save you without you first believing in Jesus who died for our sins. Amen? He didn't come for himself. He came for us. I'm going to show you that in just a little bit. So let's go on in verse First uh, John 5, now verse 12. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. This would be God's life, that is. The Greek word is zoe, Z-O-E, God's kind of life. Verse 13 these things have I written unto you. Everybody, please note verse 13 of 1 John 5. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So these are people living, reading this, just like us. I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. You may know when now, know now that you have what? 
Those at home or in church, you have what? What's, what are the next two words there? You have what? Eternal life. Thank you, uh, Reverend Renee. Praise God. You have eternal life. And that you may believe, that is continue to believe, live by, trusting the name of the Son of God. Amen. When I saw that in the Bible, it changed my thinking. It changed my thinking. You hear me saying this today because the Lord put it on my heart to share this with you, that it'll be, it's helpful in life, and, and I pray that you make this just a, a lifelong, allow it to be a lifelong transformative revelation and word from God to you, that it'll be helpful to you in your life if you don't always believe Everything you think. It'll be very helpful in your life if you don't always believe everything you think. Why? Because sometimes the things we think and are assured of, we actually find out later we were wrong. If everything we thought was right, even after we've become saved, believed in Jesus, God will not write this to us, and I'm going to read it, because the Lord put this on my heart. He said, you need to say this. You need to teach them this to transform people's lives. And I'm telling you, if you take it to heart, because there's a revelation that will save somebody today. I don't mean just save us, get you born again. But after you're born again, it will save you from something. It will save you from a lot of trouble. I'm going to read that scripture and then say this again. Repeat from Romans 12, verse 2. I'm going to read it. Romans 12, 2. And I'm going to repeat this. <laughs> this will save you from a lot of trouble. And I'll help you through your life. Not just today, not just this Christmas. But for the rest of your life. Let this be a lifelong, transformative revelation and word that you live by. Don't always believe everything that you think. Because what you think may be wrong. And your actions are usually based on what you think. In fact, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So you can think a certain way and actually feel that you are right. But you may be wrong. You may be wrong. God will surprise you. So what should we do? You should let the word of God frame your thoughts, your thinking. And the word of God give you your worldview, the way you view the world should be not from what CNN said, Fox News said, BBC said, Algeria, nobody said, not what your parents even said. God bless your parents. But, and not what you think, because what you think can be wrong. I, I don't know about you, but I've never met a perfect human being, me included. But yet we all live our lives, and we live our lives based, we do things, we act, we keep thinking, suddenly we feel based on how we think. 
And a lot of the time, <laughs> well, come to find out later what we thought was wrong. Happens in science. Science will tell you something today, and then technology improves, and people figure out, actually, you know what? We were wrong. <laughs> so, do yourself a favor. Look at Romans 12, verse 2, and as much as possible, let's try to live by this. Now, the moment you find what God's word says, and you change your thinking based on what God says, then that's how you believe, and you remain unmoved. Amen. If you're going to move from your position at all, you have to go higher. It has to be greater. You have to go from glory to glory. But the base, that is the things you've believed from the word of God, that remains. It is unchanging. You just add to it. You get refined. Amen. We will see this. Romans 12, though, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. This is, he's writing to believers, by the way. Not unbelievers. As you can tell, don't be conformed to this world. So there's the you he's talking to and the world. So they're two different groups. Are you following me? Let's read it again. And be not conformed to this world. So you, he's talking to you. Don't be conformed to this world. So the people here, he's saying, don't you be like the world. That is, the world is different from you. Or you ought to be different from the world. That's two groups right there. Everybody sees this from the Bible. Not what I'm saying, but from the Bible. Let's go on. Verse 2, Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed transformed your formation comes about through a movement you actually change position just like transportation that is the movement of a body from one position to another this is what transportation is whether it's by flight you know or by car or boat you move a body you port it you carry it from one you transit it moves it goes from one place to another place so according to scripture, you are supposed to be able to be moved from a position to another. Amen? Mentally. Let's read it. Romans 12, 2, please. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the changing. By the renewing of what part of you? Your mind, renewing of your mind. We can renew our bodies. Hit the gym two, three times a week for 45 minutes to one hour. Do it consistently. Six months, your body will change. And by the way, let me just say this. I think one of the greatest gifts your pastor gave himself this year was to start going to the gym. Oh, I am so grateful. So grateful. Praise God. I believe in divine healing. I pray for the sick. God's been keeping me, but I will tell you this. Since I started going to the gym, little aches and pains and little things that I'd wake up and this was like, you know, I somehow they just, they, I can't find them. And I'm so glad I can't find them. I don't know why I was looking for them, but I'm so glad I can't find them. Glory be to God. Amen. And I, I want to 
You see, there are some things, some things that we do as pastors, not just like a teacher, but as pastors, some things that a pastor has to say. So as a pastor, I'm telling you, my congregation, though I pray for you to be healed, we, and, and the ministers, yeah, our team, we pray for you. We believe in divine healing. Amen. And, and, and encourage you to stay in the word of the Lord because it's medicine to you and all that. Thank God. But we've taught you also throughout this year. For example, we saw a scripture where the Lord said, bodily exercise profits a little. And we've taught you to try to get that little. Amen. And I've been, I think, well, even not an excellent example, at least a good example of getting the exercise and talking to you about it. Amen. Talking to you about doing a prayer walk in your neighborhood. You just walk around. And then you pray. So you get spiritual exercise, you get physical exercise. It's a good thing. Praise God. We will continue to pray for you. We will continue to stand with you in prayer. You need prayer. God forbid that there's an emergency. But there's some emergency, you call. We will pray. Because James 5 says, call the elders of the church. We will pray. God provides for that. We'll stand with you. We'll pray with you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. However, the other things that we can do to get rid of the little pain here and little things there, please do that for yourself. Get the bodily exercise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. God bless you. All right. Let's go on. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So over here, it's the transformation of your life through what part of you? Your mind. The same way we can transform people, transform their bodies. You can transform your what? Your life through changing your thinking, your mind. The Christian's mind must be changed consistently praise the lord praise the lord all right some things i have to teach as a pastor for example there 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 may be ways that a pastor a father is handling their child their children or one of them that they may think is the right way but you may be going about it the wrong way amen I don't know, but I'll just give you a quick example. Do you remember the scripture? And we taught you this throughout the year. It came up in one of the messages. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Remember that? It's mentioned twice, Colossians and Ephesians. Amen? Okay, twice. In case you didn't catch it in Ephesians, he gets you in Colossians. He's like, I'm serious about this. Amen? It's in Ephesians 6, and it's in Colossians 3. And it's interesting that he didn't say, mothers, don't provoke your children. He said, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Because of how we are as men, males, all right, and the father's role, and the father's authority, there's something about you that... Uh, forgive me, it's, it's, it's when you teach these things and it's not really your main subject, you don't have a lot of time to touch both the mother and the father, people may misunderstand. Uh, mothers have authority too, but just bear with me, go with scripture. Because, of, because your role tends, tends to be a lot more authoritative, you can very easily walk in that without 
adding mercy to your authority. Without adding tenderness to your authority. Because naturally, you are to be authoritative. So you do it and you feel justified in being authoritative. After all, that is my role. So you do it. So everything about you tells you you are right. But in actual fact, you may be wrong. Which God says twice. Don't provoke them to wrath. So sometimes you have to just step back and say, okay, wait a minute. Why is this child always reacting this way towards me when I do this or say that? I examine. Examine that. What, what are the results I'm, I'm getting? Why is this child, why does this child seem angry all the time? How, how, why am I not getting through? Maybe just being authoritative and doing what is natural and what's your duty which is okay, right? But the way you're going about it may be wrong. So uh, you, you think something and you believe it, but you are wrong. And that, th those are the areas that are, get to be problematic in life. Because you, after all, you're doing your duty. And you're doing what comes naturally. However, the life of the man, please pay attention, the life of the man from heaven is greater than the life of the man from the earth. Okay, use another thing to explain. Adam was from the man, is a man from the earth. Right. You can read this in 1 Corinthians 15. We have borne the image of the man from the earth, Adam. And the Bible says we shall bear the image of the man from heaven, Jesus Christ. Are you all with me? If, if, you, if not, say, I don't get you, and I'll give you another example to help. Okay. So we're born, and we live like Adam's children. Adam sinned, so we inherited what came with that sin. The punishment of sin is death. So we have spiritually, we are separated from God. God loves us, sends Jesus. You know, Bethlehem story, you know, in the manger. All this Christmas thing is not just to sing and then forget about it next week. It is to transform your life. <laughs> this is to transform our lives. Amen? So maybe this Christmas, God is giving a household this gift. Wife, husband, Perhaps the way you're thinking is wrong. And you need to change that thinking so that it'll change your actions. It'll change your feelings. How we think affects how we feel. People, some people can think that they are no good. And they feel guilt and shame. They feel so horrible about themselves that they take their lives. They get into the space of so much pain that you and I cannot understand. You just can't get through to them. They, they, because they think a certain way. And it, and it makes them feel a certain And it's very real to them. This is, this is how I feel. And God is saying you can be transformed by the changing of your mind. How? Through the word of God. 
through the word of God so that in this life you can have what Christmas came to give us, Christ came to give us. You can have true joy, the joy that overcomes the depression, the joy that overcomes those lies that Satan keeps harassing your mind with, all with the intention of letting you commit suicide. You are worth life. You are worth love. You deserve love. You deserve life. You deserve joy. For that reason, Christ came to die for you. In natural fact, his birth is not as important as his death. The birth is only important because he had to come here. You can't, you can't operate on unless you're born here. So he had to be born. But what is even more important is the Easter story than the Christmas story. It is his death and resurrection. Amen. Because he died so that we may have what? Eternal life. God's life. Not after we're dead, but right now. So that this life will help you overcome these depression, shame, guilt, all the things that tear, tear your soul apart that you cannot sleep at night. That tells you you are no good, you're horrible, you can change that. Through not thinking the way you think that makes you convinced that you are right, but thinking God's thoughts. This is transformative. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be free of depression. Sometimes it goes beyond just thoughts to become a spirit. For those of you who don't understand spirits or demons, it becomes an entity, a very a strange alien life force energy moves into your life. And because it's a spirit, it can come into your life. It doesn't need, not need a whole lot of space to be in a person's life. There can be 2,000 spirits in one human being's life. They don't need a whole lot of space. Right, you can read this later on. Jesus said in Matthew 12, Matthew 12, read it later on, that when the unclean spirit, from verse 43 to 45, unclean spirit leaves a man. So there's such a thing as unclean spirits, that's foul spirit, strange alien entities, demons, whatever. And some people don't like those words. They're like, I don't want you, I don't want you. Okay, so let's just deal with entity. An entity. An entity enters another person, begins to influence them. And Jesus says, that spirit can be driven out. When it's driven out, it goes and it's walking around dry places. That is to tell you that it's not enjoying its life. It wants a watershed. It wants a well-watered place, a beautiful garden to enjoy. So having no rest in the dry place the demon that is intelligent says to itself, it is intelligent, can think. It says to itself, I will return to the place from where I was cast out. What I've always disliked about that whole story that Jesus used is that the demon said, I'll go back to my house. Yeah. I'm like, how dare you call a man? that God created that man's life or that woman's life, that person's life, your house. It's not your house. It's the house of God. 
I declare over your life that your life, spirit, soul, and body, is the house of God. It is not the house of any demon. I commend any alien entity, any foul spirit, any demon that seeks to bring depression, that enter your life with a spirit of fear or a spirit of heaviness. I command it to get out in Jesus' name. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear can be a spirit. But he has given you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Receive it and walk in it in Jesus' name. Say amen, somebody. It is not everything that you think that you should believe. Because what you think may be very wrong. In this beautiful story we're going to look at about the birth of Jesus. The man who was married to Jesus' mother actually ends up not being the father of Mary's baby, baby Jesus. Soap opera, a major drama, and the man thought a certain way, and God came to him and said, what you're thinking and what you're believing, you are wrong. And in this case, uh, we're not talking about a man who is mean and wicked and horrible. We're talking about good men like you, born again believers. We're talking about good women like you, born again believers. When you read Joseph's life, Joseph, the husband of Mary, the Bible tells us that his testimony is that he was a good man. He was God-fearing. He was an honorable person. Honorable people can be wrong. Good people can be wrong. My goodness. Are you with me? He is engaged to be married to this young woman. They had not come together, not been married yet. And then Mary comes to him with this strange story. Honey, I'm pregnant. He said, you have what? <laughs> she says, I'm pregnant. With who? Holy Spirit. You think about holy what? You think I'm a child? I'm a kid. Holy, wh who ever heard of holy whatever, having a child with a human being. When has this ever happened? What is the precedent? You have nothing to go with, to go on. And so he starts to think, okay, I am a good man. I am God-fearing. In fact, I love this woman. But she's messed up. I also... Fear God and I obey the law of God. So I'm going to divorce her, but I'll do it quietly. Do you know how sometimes you can actually convince yourself that you are doing the right thing and because you were sweet and kind? Okay, let me just talk about me. I've been there. The rest of you are, are perfect, but let me talk about me and people like me, you know. So you, you think, you know, all right, uh, I'm going to do this because this, this is the right thing to do, and I'm not being mean, uh, and so I just go ahead and do it. But then later on you find out that that was not God's perfect will. It was not God's best. That if you had actually talked to God, 
and listened to God, God would have shown you all from the beginning how you should have gone about it. Romans 12 and verse 2, I'll finish it and then we move on. Uh, are you there? Look at Romans 12, 2 again, and then we'll move when we go to uh, the birth of Christ. Romans 12, 2. There's a part I want you to see. It says that you will be transformed by what? The renewing of what? Your mind. Remember, I emphasized it. That you may be, that you may, excuse me, that you may prove, you may be able to know, test, establish. What is that? And I, I like you to read from the King James Version. Read, what is that? What? Good. And acceptable and perfect will of God. Isn't that interesting? That as he talks to us about being transformed through God's word, he shows us here what appears to me to be set like degrees. It's like saying, uh, good. It's good, good. Everybody? It's good, good. Okay. What about, uh, in English language, when you want to move from good to something that is good too, but it's even higher than the good? You know, what's the uh, next word? Better. So better is still good in the realm of good, not bad, but you're going higher. Are you following? Okay, then there's a superlative. There's another realm above even better. Best. So best isn't bad. Best is still good. But the realm of the good is like, oh, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Should I stop there? He is able to do exceeding abundantly above. All that you ask, all that you dream of, think, imagine, desire. Look at God. God is saying, I'm so good. I'm so loving. I'm, I, I'm so generous. I don't give you based on what you asked. I give you based on who I am. I'm your shepherd and you shall never lack. I give you beyond what you could, have, what you could imagine. Praise God. If you who are limited in this life, who make mistakes, Jesus said. King James used the word evil. Says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your father, who's not evil, who is perfect, give you what? Good things to those who ask. In Matthew, he says good things. And then in Luke, he says, give the spirit, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask. Amen? Did you learn something? So yes, in the realm of good, there is good. I, I'm just going to be silly and make a point just so everybody gets it. But there's more than good. There's gooder. There's better. Amen. And the highest of good, the goodest, is called the best. So it's, it's all good. But God says, there's a realm that is perfect for you, my baby. There's a realm that's perfect for you. He that has begun a good work will bring it to completion 
please, no matter where you are in life and whatever you're going through, know that God loves you. God will help you. The pain may be there, but he'll help you through it. And in fact, out of the pain, you bring out his purposes. Despite the test you are going through, you're going to have a great testimony. I pray that God will make your life fruitful. I pray that God will give you double for the troubles you experienced this past year. Why? For Christ has come. That is the reality of the Christmas story. He came not just for you to think, oh, sweet, the baby in a manger. No, this was serious business. He was born. We were all born to live. He was born to die. That we may live. So may you be transformed. I mean, for me, this Christmas day, God said, tell them this. Tell them if they can get this. This revelation, this word, for a lifelong transformation, it will save them from a lot of troubles. And it is this, it is not everything that you think that you should believe. Joseph thought, hmm, Mary, this story, holy what, holy... <laughs> He's a good man. The Bible says he's a good man. And, and I'm not here to criticize you. You are good people. We are born again. He has changed us. But we are not perfect. We make mistakes. And God is saying, you make fewer ones come the coming year. You have a better life. You, you go from good. And I'll take you to better. Oh, and you can have my perfect will. For when the word of God is sown in the hearts, the Bible says some fell on the wayside, some fell among thorns, some fell on hard ground. These are all types of heart, the human condition, heart condition, spiritual heart. But he said the seed fell on one type of soil that was good ground. One out of four. Wayside, hard ground, Thorns and good ground, one out of four, 25%. The word fell on that. May you be among the 25%. Say, say amen, somebody. Now watch this. Even beyond that 25% that received the word and began to bear fruit, then he starts, he says, there's good, better, and best. It's all good, but there are degrees. He says, some bore 30-fold, some bore 60-fold, and others bore 100-fold. May there be a maximization of your potential. May you fulfill your divine purpose and destiny by the grace of God through our Savior and Lord Jesus. Christmas is this. Christ came to give us life. Christmas is this. Christ came to give us joy. Christmas is this. Christ came to give us eternal life. The peace of God. Not one day, but all the time. So that peace can fight the anxiety. Peace can actually stand like a soldier on guard. Like the Marines. They can stand as soldiers guarding us so you can sleep peacefully. Philippians 4 calls peace a soldier. I'm not making it up. Philippians, for the Bible says the peace of God will stand guard over your heart and your mind. Peace as a soldier. And when Jesus was announced, his breath was announced, the angel said, 
peace and goodwill to everybody. To all mankind. So I, this Christmas day, I stand to declare that you will have peace of mind. Hallelujah. That that unclean spirit that bothered you in the past, when it says it will return to its house, it will find this house is occupied by Shalom. The very God of Shalom. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. All right. So I'm going to end with the scripture I should have started with. Or I thought, I, you know, I planned to start with. All right, go to Matthew. Oh, thank you. Have you been blessed? All right, praise God. Matthew chapter 1. Beautiful story here. I mean, I've already said it, but we'll, we'll look at it from verse 18, please. Matthew 1, please, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was Christmas Day. So I've been talking about the birth of Christ, but let's look at it in the Bible. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, or in this manner. This is how it all went about, went down. When Asa's mother, Mary, was betrothed or, or engaged as spouse to Joseph, before they came together, you know, the, the union was consummated. That's what he's saying. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. I, I've said all that. Now we're seeing it. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, you see God's testimony of this man? And that's you. You are, you are justified by faith in Jesus. You are the righteousness of God. God isn't saying there's anything wrong with you. You are righteous. He says, I love you. But he says, you don't know it all. <laughs> Amen. And not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. So what God taught me here is this. Don't set a plan ahead. You know, what, he's, what he thought a certain way, believed a certain way, so he set a time. He set a time. He says, you know, by this time, this is how I'm going to handle this privately. I'll be decent. I'll go about it. But I've set a time. You know, I can only endure it up to this time. I will endure it up to this time. And then after this time, that's it. This is what, this is a real human being. And he's thinking, you know, he has his plans. He says, okay, I'll go through this and deal with, you know, and, and when the children hit 18, then I'm out of the house. I'll, I'll endure it. And when the children get to middle school, then I'm out of the house. I'll endure it till, uh, I don't know, till the grandparents die. And then I take off. I'll, what, whatever it is we think, you know, it's, People do that. They, they set a time and they say, okay, I'll just endure. But I've come to tell you, God does not want you to endure life. If you will seek him and find out his perfect will, you will not have to endure. <laughs> he will give you the grace. Where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. God will help you. 
God will heal. God will deliver. Even before whatever you're going through changes, God will strengthen you. That that spirit, that energy, whatever it is, will not be able to overtake you, overwhelm you. For the light shines in darkness. There is the darkness, but the light shines. And the darkness cannot overtake it, child of God. It can't. You may be experiencing some darkness, but God sent me to the United States. In fact, he said, son, I'm shooting you as a fiery arrow into the darkness of this world. And when you go, you let my people know that the darkness of Satan's power is over. Finished. And the true light of Jesus shines so brightly with salvation, healing, deliverance, peace, power, prosperity, the grace and the love of God for all who believe in God and trust in Jesus. Do you trust him? Yield your heart to him today. Amen. And may he give you perfect peace. All right, let's read this. So verse 20, but while he thought on these things, so he, he has his thoughts and his beliefs. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary, your wife. For what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I pray for you that you conceive the word of God. I pray for you that your life will be of the Holy Spirit. So that things will line up with God's purpose for your life and with whatever you're doing. Amen. Praise God. What's the next verse? Is it 21? Okay. And she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Yeshua. Yeshua. That's a short form of Yehoshua. God, our salvation. It's like Joshua. The name Joshua. The Greek gives give us the J sound, Joshua or Jesus, the Greek language. But in Hebrew, it would be Y, Yeshua or Yehoshua. Amen. For why why should you call him Yeshua? For he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. The Lord bring us salvation today. 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name, what? Call his name what? Now in 23, what are we going to call him? What is he going to be called? Emmanuel. What does that mean? Being interpreted is what? God with us. This is part of our theme for the coming year. The presence of God. The manifest presence of God. Beyond just the presence, the presence manifesting goodness, favor, showing you that God loves you. God will do great things in your life. Amen. And he will get the glory. Praise the Lord. So, verse 24, Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had told him. 
25, knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Yeshua. So what has happened to this man here? He's been transformed. His thinking was changed, and therefore his actions were changed. Do you see that? So this Christmas, and going on to the new year for the rest of your life, let your thoughts be changed so that they are in line with God's word. Then it's going to help you act according to God's word. You're going to feel about yourself the way God wants you to feel about yourself. You're going to love yourself the way God wants you to love yourself. God doesn't want you to love yourself. You know that? He says to love people, but he says to love people as you love yourself. You're supposed to love you. And sometimes people who are so given, who are so generous, who bless everybody, sometimes don't do themselves the favor of loving themselves. So please, this Christmas, give yourself this gift. Love you. Amen. Love yourself. Date yourself. Buy yourself a gift. Take yourself to the spa. Take yourself to whatever, anything you like, enjoy. Want someone else to enjoy. Take yourself to enjoy it. And then have an experience that you tell your friend, oh, you need to come with me. I did. The, oh, you need. You understand this? Love yourself. Don't spend and spend and spend and be empty and be dry. You're supposed to be filled with the spirit and you're supposed to minister out of your overflow. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you go into the world. The same Jesus who said, take my good news to everybody said, wait, wait in Jerusalem till you get power. After you get it, then you go. Did I help you today? I conclude with this. We're right here in Matthew. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 1. When Matthew, just a moment ago, just look down to chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born, so now it's happened. Christmas Day. First Christmas Day, boom, is here. Woo! Angels rejoicing. Shepherds excited. Wise men from the east show up. I mean, everything's changed. Woo! Everything that the world had been waiting for happened finally come to pass he's a reason for creation christ is a reason for life and the reason for life had finally entered the human realm personally he'd always been working but this time he has come in the flesh the incarnation god in the flesh emmanuel god is with you okay we read now when jesus was born where where in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. And I'm actually going to stop here. Uh, you know the rest of the story. But I want to emphasize on this. Since he told us where he will be born, he was born where? In Bethlehem of Judea. Why? He's born. This is the most important thing. He's here. He's born. But why is it so important for the Bible to often give us these specific details 
for example, as to the city or town where he was born. Why? Because he tells us he's born in Bethlehem. In fact, from my question, you can, you can understand, or my question can be validated better or proven better when you look at the first time the people were told the name of the city or the town where he'd be born as Bethlehem. And why was it so necessary for God to be specific over here? You can see the importance of my question. Why we should be told the name of the city? Why God is so specific? You can see it even in the way that the prophecy is given to us. The prophecy was given to us 700 years before it happened. <laughs> 700 years by prophet Micah. So I'll read that and then we'll pray. Micah 5 verse 2. Micah 5 verse 2. So I'm going to read this and then we will pray and close today. So please look for Micah 5 and 2. And our media team will probably put it on the screen for you. For those of you who are at home, our online church, if you're there, you see it on the screen. I can't hear you, but say amen. Just, just so that you are on with me. All right, Micah 5, 2. It says, But thou Bethlehem, Ephrata. Can you see how detailed he's trying to be? He gives you a name. Then he gives you something, another name, so that you're not confused. It's not like uh, some other place. Like, uh, the, the, I think, is it the, the name Springfield, City Springfield, is, is in every state of America but one. Yeah, just, just only one. So when you say Springfield, you have to say Springfield where? So we're not going to Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> You understand this? Okay. So Bethlehem Ephrata. And he didn't even stop there. He describes this place. He says, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. Thousands of Judah. <laughs> when I was reading this, I was reminded of a word God gave me in 1983. October 1983. It's in London. It's a student and, and a minister as well. I'm praying in the morning and God says, I will send you to the United States of America. 1983. So I got a map of the United States and put it in my room, started praying. And I remember what really like hit me when I look at the map. There was all these tiny places and all these cities. All these, America is huge. You guys live here, so you have no idea. But this place is huge. Because see, think about this. When I traveled from Ghana, West Africa, to, to London to go study, it was six hours. You're going from Africa, West Africa, to London, six hours. One continent to another. Go study. Now I'm here in London, and God's taking you to America. Yeah? You come to America, and from one end of America, like you're going from Boston to L.A., and that is like six and a half hours. I'm like, wait a minute. I just went from Africa to London. That took me this, and just this one country. I look at the map and all these tiny cities and all these places. I'm looking at, I'm like, God, where am I going to go? Oh, you don't know. All he said is, I'll send you to America. I'm like, America where? And he didn't say anything for one year. 
Can you imagine you have this on your mind? Every day I thought of it and I prayed. And God didn't say anything for a whole year. And then 84, I'm praying and God says, you're going to be leaving soon. You're going to be leaving soon. He still didn't say where. Until I came here. I actually went to Boston. Because the only person, people I knew, you know, uh, Sister Wanda, Boston. Three days later, I went to uh, L.A., California, a meeting with Maurice Cerullo for a week. And other meeting, conference, you know, you go for evening, you go for conference all day. So you, you stay in a hotel, right? So I, I'm I exiting the conference room and this person comes next to me and says, excuse me. So I turn, says, I don't know, but God is telling me to tell you that he'll speak to you in the morning and tell you where to go. You know, the thing that gives you goosebumps, you're like, whoa, because I'm, I'm anxious. Like, where do I, what do I do? Where do I go? Walks, excuse me. God is, I don't know what it is, but God's telling me to tell you. He speaks to you in the morning and tell you where to go. And I said, thank you. And he just walked away. And I have goosebumps, you know? So I go to my room and I didn't sleep because I didn't know what time of the morning. So I just stayed. I was just like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm like, the program is almost over. I got to know where to go. And I'm, all night, God doesn't talk. 12, 1 a.m., 2, he doesn't say anything. Till 8 a.m., I should have gone to sleep, you know? Till 8 a.m., 8 a.m., he says, you will go and minister. This is exact words. You will go and minister in the Washington, D.C. area. This is what he said. You will go and minister in the Washington, D.C. area. And I was like, what? Washington, D.C., that's politics, right? Nation's capital. I don't want to politics. I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not going there. I'm going to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Kenneth Hagen is in Tulsa. Oral Roberts is in Tulsa. T.L. Osborne is in Tulsa. That is a spiritual capital of the United States. I am about spiritual things. I don't want politics. I'm not going to D.C. What you think and what you believe, you may not always be right. I'm glad I came here. No, I didn't come here. I was like, Jonah, he brought me here. <laughs> okay, let's close verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth unto me he that is ruler in Israel, whose ruler or governor, whose goings forth has been from of old, from everlasting. What did he just tell them? The one who will actually come has pre-existed his coming. Come on, did you see this? Am I the only one who's seen it? He says, his goings forth has been from what? Of old, from everlasting. So this being, before he comes into the earth, he says, I want you to know he's always been with me. He's from everlasting. He's the word. The word was with God, and the word was God, but the word became flesh. Do you see this? And was born where? In Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? What's the meaning of Bethlehem? House of bread. Bethlehem means what? House of bread. Jesus is called the bread of life. So where else should he be born? In the house of bread. One more thing. 
One more thing, everybody. So I want to pray with you over this. When God created us in Genesis and blessed us, does anybody remember one of the first things God said in the blessing? You know, he, he makes us in Genesis 1, makes us in his image and, and, and likeness, gives us dominion over the earth, and he says, blesses us and says, be fruitful. Who said that? God bless you. Miss Janetta, Merry Christmas. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you. God bless you. So be fruitful. Yes? Everybody with me? Okay. Adam put us in trouble. Adam brought death. The last Adam, Jesus, brought life. He's from heaven. We have a natural lifestyle. God says, I'm going to give you a better one, a spiritual lifestyle. You have thought like Adam. I'm going to have you think like Jesus. Amen. I'm going to feed you with the bread of life. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to be your shepherd. But guess what? What you lost in the Garden of Eden, when I come, you have it again. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem of, what was the name? Ephrata. You know what that means? Fruitful. Ephrata means what? Fruitful. This is all amazing. God has ordered everything to show you that whatever you lost, he restore in Christ. He blessed us and says, be fruitful and multiply. We lost that. Then the bread of life was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread where you are made fruitful once again. Give him praise. Hallelujah. This is why we have Christmas. He came that we may have God's life and make us fruitful once again. God bless you all. Amen. I'd like to pray with you and pray for you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Perhaps some of you listen to me today have never given your heart and life to Jesus. You never said, Jesus, now I understand, you know, why, what Christmas is all about. It's about you coming to save me. So today I received this gift, best Christmas gift I could ever have, is eternal life. On Christmas Day 2022, I give my life to you. Please pray this prayer. Make it your prayer to God. Say, Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending Jesus who came to die that I may be saved. Thank you that my sins are forgiven, washed away. Thank you that I can receive Jesus. So today I receive Jesus as my Lord and my personal Savior. I believe he is Lord and I confess him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. If you believe that and you pray that, you are saved. Now let's pray for fruitfulness. He's born in Bethlehem, Ephrata. Bethlehem, the place of fruitfulness. Christ is the bread of life. 
you've received him. Now I pray for you to be fruitful. Whatever you heard, that was a challenge to you. That God started to help you with through the word and by his spirit. You can be fruitful. The father and the son can have a fruitful relationship. The mother and the daughter can have a fruitful relationship. Parents and children. May God turn the hearts of parents to their children. Hearts of children to parents. May God turn the hearts of wives to husbands. Turn the hearts of husbands to wives. In Jesus' name. May God bring peace in your family. Harmony in your family. Yes. What you lost, the Lord restore, replace through Christ our Lord. I pray that the barrenness will be removed and fruitfulness will come. May the Lord make you fruitful. Fruitful. Increase. Multiply. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord use you to bring others to Christ. Bring his love. Make you fruitful in that way. Also, bring his love to others. May you bear fruit in bringing souls to Christ. In bringing his love to your neighbors, co-workers in your community. Your church brethren experience love from you. Today, you are healed. You are delivered. Your mind has been renewed. You are transformed. You will not think and believe everything that act on everything that you think and believe. But you begin to act on what the word says. I pray for blessings that make rich to which God adds no sorrow to be your portion now. And evermore in Jesus name. Whatever must be done this year that has not yet happened before the end of this year. May you experience it. May you have it in Jesus name. Going into the next year coming years. Go from glory to glory. By the help of the spirit. Walk in true joy. Walk in true peace. You are free from the spirit of heaviness. You're free from the spirit of depression. You're free from just enduring life and waiting and going through the motions. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. Be, be healed. Be healed. Be loosed. Be delivered. And the Lord bless you to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, if you believe and agree, you can say amen. Amen. I love you, church. God bless you. Give God praise. Somebody. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I'll share this with you and then we'll close the online service. Um, Merry Christmas to you all again. God bless you. Let's take this opportunity to give tithes and offerings, gifts of love to the Lord. Uh, on your screen, you're going to see three ways that you can give to God uh, to support the work of World Missions Ministries, and the Lord bless you. You can give via Zelle transfer, that's a bank transfer, or through PayPal, or send a check in the mail to World Missions Ministries. So by Zelle, 
the number for Zelle transfer is 571-234-2387. I repeat, 571-234-2387. Zelle transfer to World Missions Ministries. You can also go online to wmmchurch.org. wmmchurch.org and click on the donate button and give via PayPal. It's secure. Finally, you can write a check, make a check to World Missions Ministries and send it to, it's this location where we have church services, in-person church services, Sundays, 11 a.m. Join us if you are in this area. If you are visiting, you watch us online, even uh, from overseas, you happen to be in the area, uh, on tour, come out at 11 a.m. Sundays. We want to meet you in person. God bless you. You can send a check to 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, and that's USA. I repeat, World Missions Ministries, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland. 20735 that USA. The Lord bless you, bless your giving, multiply and increase you, make you fruitful financially, fruitful also in health, in body, fruitful in every area of your life. Be blessed as you give in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. This ends our online service. Thank you for being with us today and always. We appreciate you. We appreciate your prayers, your support. We love you. We thank you. God bless every one of you, our online church, and our visitors. God bless you. Thank you.